let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. You can't see me. My time is now. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast. My name is Joseph Mensell. I am your host. I'm going to dive straight into this episode, guys. This is, believe it or not, uh, this is the last episode for 2020. We made it. All of us. We made it through this absolutely extraordinary year, and the year is almost a wrap. I'm going to talk to you guys about my top five lessons from this crazy, crazy year, 2020. But before I do, man, I just got to say thank you guys so fucking much for your support of this podcast this year. I was, uh, we had our uh, Massive Joe's Christmas party, Tim, Team Massive Joe's, Team J Power company Christmas party just last weekend. And as part of the Christmas party, one of the things I do every year is I uh, do a, a speech, a little bit of a wrap up of the year. Uh, we've got all of the members of the company there and Preparing for that speech, I, uh, you know, I look at the numbers of uh, business numbers, uh, media numbers, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different uh, analytics and I guess different metrics that we use to measure how we're tracking as a business. And one of the things that I looked at was the performance of this show, of this podcast, of Fitness Times Business. And guys, man, I'm just so fucking grateful for each and every one of you guys who listens to the show, who resonates with what I'm talking about, who shares the show person to person in your Instagram story. Guys, we've hit multiple hundreds of thousands of people this year with this podcast, which is just, you know, uh, we're not a podcasting company, right? We're, we're, we, this is, we, we, we literally, we've done 24 episodes this year. This is episode number 24. We're not dropping a podcast every day. We're not doing three podcasts a week. We do a podcast every fortnight and just the, the, the absolute loyalty that you guys show to this podcast, uh, and the, the sharing that you do of it. I mean, I just want to start off with just an absolute massive thank you because in a year that has been so filled with uh, negativity and just a whole bunch of shit, uh, this podcast for me personally and for the Massive Joe's company has been such a shining star for us and we couldn't have done it without you guys and I just want to start this episode by saying a massive fucking thank you to each and every one of you guys. Uh, you inspire me. You inspire us to keep producing this podcast and keep bringing as much high quality, high value content as we can for you guys. So thank you so very much. My top five lessons from 2020. I want to do this a little differently for you guys because I personally, this is really, this podcast is going to be a little bit of a um, I guess a memoir, uh, to be completely honest with you guys, about the the top five lessons that I personally have experienced and have learnt throughout 2020. But I don't just want to talk about my experiences and my lessons. I want to give you guys, as always in any episode of Fitness Times Business, I want to give you guys as much practical information as I possibly can that you can then go and apply to 
your fitness journey, your career journey, your business journey, your relationships, and just your life in general. So the way I'm going to do it is this. I'm going to go through each lesson one by one. There's five lessons. I'm going to go from, uh, I guess they're kind of in chronological order, but not really. Uh, So I'm going to go through them one by one. I'm going to tell the story of my experiences through 2020 that led to the learning of the lesson. I'm then going to describe the learning of the lesson and then give you guys some practical advice on how you can apply a similar lesson to your fitness, your business, your career, your relationships, your life in general. So lesson number one, process over product. The start of this year, actually, it goes before the start of this year, mid 2019, I made the decision and I committed to a contest prep. Uh, with the intention of making my pro debut, my men's physique pro debut at the Arnold Australia 2020 at the start of this year in March, uh, which was going to be the first ever men's physique pro show in Australia. So I made the commitment, I made the decision, I made the commitment in 2019 in around the middle of the year and I started my prep. And it ended up being a 26-week prep, a six-month prep, the longest prep that I have ever embarked on. Uh, even more than when I won my pro card in 2017. And I went through some absolutely serious shits during this prep, guys. I mean, in some aspects, it was the best prep I've ever done. In many aspects, it was the most difficult uh, and just hardest prep. Uh, I can't think of a more descriptive word than just fucking hard. It was a really, really hard prep. And those of you who tune into the Massive Joe's YouTube channel and, and my series, my my uh, contest prep series, Pro Prep, at the start of this year, you know, a bunch of those struggles were documented in that series. And there's one episode particularly where I just like pour my heart out and just tell you guys that this prep is fucked. Uh, those of you who have seen the episode will know exactly what I'm talking about. And then I get to the final week of this prep, right? The work's been done, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the difficulty, the struggles, the trials, all of that shit was done. I get to literally the Saturday before the Saturday that I'm going to compete and I start my peak week. And peak week, for those of you who have done a contest prep, you would know, for those of you who hasn't, it's literally like the icing on the cake. It's putting the final touches on your prep up to that point. The work is pretty much done. You just have to push for that final week. So it gets to the Saturday, a week before the show. I start my peak week. I wake up Sunday morning, six days before the show to a message from our IFBB Pro League president here in Australia, Tony Doherty. And Tony says along the lines of, Joe, I'm really sorry. Um, The international borders are shut. Uh, Restrictions are coming in because there's this thing called uh, coronavirus that is sweeping Victoria at the moment. And we've had to cancel the show. So uh, there's no show for you to compete in. And at that point, I had a decision to make. The decision was having gotten that far down the road of the the prep, the contest prep, having fulfilled that much of my commitment to that contest prep, now knowing that what I intended to get out of the prep, which was making my pro debut and, you know, doing well and placing and so on and so forth was no longer a, a reality. It wasn't going to happen. 
So the decision I had to make was, do I throw in the towel at that point and just say, fuck it, you know what? I got this close. Uh, the, the, the result of all of my efforts is not going to be there. It's not a reality anymore. Um, I'm done. Or do I finish my prep? go all the way through to the end, finish my peak week and finish what I started and fulfill that 26 week commitment that I made to myself, fulfill that promise, keep that promise I made to myself back in the middle of 2019. And what helped me make this decision, and this is really the lesson that I take out of this experience from the start of this year, guys, is when I commit to something, my commitment is not conditional on achieving any particular outcome. I don't commit to something and say, you know what, I'm all in, but only if this happens. You know what, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all in on this. I'm, I'm going to give everything I've got, but only if I achieve the outcome that I'm trying to achieve from my commitment to this thing. That's not how I commit. I commit to the process. I commit to, I'm going to give everything I've got to this contest prep. I'm going to give everything I've got to this business project. I'm going to give everything I've got to this particular relationship. And it's not conditional on any sort of outcome. It's not conditional on any sort of result. It's conditional on, I commit to the process. I don't commit to the product. And so the decision that I made upon learning that lesson, upon reflecting on that lesson was I went and completed my prep. I went and I did my peak week. I fulfilled my commitment. I made it to the end of the 26 weeks. And just because I wasn't able to get the result that I wanted to get, which was making my pro debut and doing well in that show made no difference because the lessons that I learned during the process was far, far more valuable than any outcome that I could have got that would have been associated with the product, than any victory, any success, any sort of external validation associated with the outcome. The true value was with the process. And you guys would remember because on the 21st of July this year, I did an entire episode of this show called Process Over Product with special guest John Mahoney in that episode. And so how do you apply this lesson to fitness career, business relationships? Well, guys, it's pretty simple. When it comes to your fitness, you commit to the process. You commit at the start of the process. Perhaps it's your own contest prep. You commit that you're going to finish that contest prep no matter what happens at the end. Maybe it's a 10-week challenge that you commit to. Maybe it's the Massive Joe's challenge. You commit at the start and you go, I don't give a fuck how this plays out. I'm committing to making it to the end. Perhaps it's just a fitness journey in general. Perhaps you're new to fitness. Perhaps you're thinking about changing your lifestyle a little bit and getting into the fitness lifestyle. You make that commitment. That's what you're committing to. You're not committing to any particular results. You're committing to the process of changing your lifestyle to the fitness lifestyle. When it comes to your career, you're working on a particular project at work. You don't commit conditional on you achieving success at the end of that project. You commit to the process of the project. You commit to whatever it fucking takes 
at the start of the project. You're going to see it through right to the end. When it comes to business, those of you business owners listening, you guys know you got business goals, you got big aspirations, you got big ambitions. Your commitment is not conditional on you achieving those goals. It's not, commi- it's not conditional on you fulfilling your ambitions. You commit to the process. You commit to the business journey and the lessons you learn along the way because you know that's where the true value lies. And when it comes to relationships, personal relationships, perhaps friendships, perhaps romantic relationships, you don't commit to relationships based on achieving a certain outcome. You commit to the relationship. You commit to the process of building the relationship. You commit to the journey of the relationship. And if it works out, fine, that's the cherry on top. If it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Lesson number two. Focus on what you can control. This is a big one that I'm sure a bunch of you will resonate with in 2020. Man, listen, the COVID-19 pandemic affected so many of us in so many different yet significant ways. My uh, biggest, the way that the pandemic most uh, significantly affected me personally was uh, through business, uh, which would come as no surprise to you guys. It went something like this. I'm just going to fly through it, guys, because I could do a four-hour podcast on the effects of COVID-19 on the massive Joe's business, on the TMJ Power business. Uh, but I'm just going to fly through it, man. COVID-19 pandemic hits. Obviously, uh, as I just mentioned with my contest prep, it kind of started hitting start of March, really hits end of March. Gyms get closed. A stay-at-home direction is issued. Uh, those two things in combination with each other, the closing of gyms just completely crushed the market, the fitness industry as a whole, but the market for supplements and apparel uh, completely crushed it. And then the stay at home direction, you know, literally the government telling people not to go to retail stores. Man, we saw the sales of the entire Massive Joe's group of businesses collapse in a period of two weeks to levels that I thought like it would take a fucking world war uh, for sales to collapse this badly that quickly but they did and then it got worse from there we then had the exchange rate drop by almost 20 percent in under 10 days and because a lot of the products that we import as a company are imported from the u.s that effectively pushed our cost price up by 20 percent in in less than 10 days Uh, We then had our trade finance facility frozen as a business, and the trade finance facility is a facility that we rely on uh, for all of our imported goods to pay for them um, from a cash flow perspective so that we can get the goods, cover the freight time while they come from the USA and from other countries around the world into Australia, and then we have time to sell them and recoup the cash. That was completely frozen on us. Then sea freight capacity collapsed, so we couldn't actually get products from overseas into Australia via sea freight because the sea freight lines were completely backed up, uh, primarily due to what happened in China at the start of the year. So sea freight completely collapsed. We were like, oh, cool. that's all good. Air freight's, uh, you know, we can just air freight shit. Nope. International flights canceled around the world, especially international flights coming into Australia. So air freight capacity collapsed to about 5% of usual capacity. So it collapsed by 95%. And all of this happened like within three or four weeks. 
And effectively, the situation that I was put in as the leader of the business was confronting a complete collapse in cash flow and a complete supply chain drought. Our supply chain completely dried up. And all of this was completely out of my control. There was, there was absolutely no, I couldn't fucking do a thing. I couldn't get people back into the gyms. I couldn't g- g- defy the government direction to stay at home and say, it's all good. You know, Massive Joe's is an essential business. Come get your supplements and apparel, guys. No, it was out of my control. And the lesson that I was forced to reinforce amongst all of this chaos happening in such a short period of time was, all right, what, what, what am I going to do here? Am I going to fight? Am I going to flight as in run away? Or am I going to freeze and just panic and do fucking nothing? Or as I like to say, F-E-A-R, the acronym, the word fear, but the acronym F-E-A-R, was I going to forget everything and run in the face of fear? Or was I going to face everything and rise in the face of fear? And you guys know this sounds familiar as well, because on the 19th of October, in the episode titled, I didn't sign up for this, this is the acronym that I introduced you guys to. I made the decision at that point to face everything and rise. I made the decision to stay calm, but at the same time, act as fast as I possibly could. Stay calm, act fast. In the face of fear, face everything and rise. I had to focus on what I could control and what I could do because there were still things, even though all of this chaos was happening over here and there was nothing I could do about it. It was outside of my sphere of influence. There was still things that I could control. There were still things within my control. It wasn't much. And the decisions that I had to make with them were extremely difficult, but I made the decision to focus on what I could do focus on what was in my sphere of control, make the difficult decisions as quickly as I possibly could. Don't waver from the decisions. Don't go back and second guess them and deal with the consequences, whether good or bad. That's, that's the only way. That was the only way. That was the lesson that I had to learn. And what came of that guys is opportunity. You know, opportunities came out of that situation that if I had forgot everything and run, if I had decided to, instead of fight, if I had decided to flight or I had decided to freeze, those opportunities wouldn't be there. And opportunity often comes disguised as some sort of misfortune or some sort of temporary defeat, but you can only ever see opportunities if your eyes are open to them. You can only ever see opportunities if you're looking for them. You can only ever see opportunities if you're being proactive, not reactive. And the only way you can be proactive is to focus what you can control, to focus on what you can do, to focus on what is within your sphere of influence, not all of the shit that's going on around you that is not. So how do you apply this lesson? to fitness, career, business relationships. Well, guys, when you're confronted with things that are outside of your realm of control, when you're confronted with things that are chaotic, when you are confronted with fear, what is your default position? 
Is your default position to forget everything and run? Or is your default position to face everything and rise? What do you focus more on in chaotic situations? What do you focus more on in fearful situations? Do you focus on what you can control or what you cannot control? Are you proactive or are you reactive? Let me tell you guys, the only way to deal with situations that feel chaotic, the only way to deal with situations that make you incredibly uncomfortable, the only way to deal with situations that make you experience fear is to face everything and rise and to focus on what you can control, to focus on what you can do and to be proactive rather than reactive. And I guarantee you, you will open up doors of opportunity that you didn't even see right in front of you. But you have to focus on what you can control. Lesson number three, be present. Live in the present. Guys, there were multiple times during the year this year uh, where I experienced the sort of absolutely paralyzing anxiety uh, that I've only experienced a couple of times previously in my life. Uh, and, and it happened multi- on multiple occasions this year. I mean, really at the start end of the year was probably the first, the first period when there was the uncertainty around uh, when, I, when I could compete again, once I'd kind of gotten over the fact that, okay, I'm not going to be making my pro debut, uh, fuck, the borders are shut. Uh, fuck, there's no shows in Australia for men's physique pros. Uh, when am I going to be able to compete? When am I actually going to be able to use my pro status? When am I going to be able to hit the pro circuit? Stack that with everything that happened in COVID-19 that I just explained to you guys from a business perspective. Stack that with uh, some government situations that we experienced where the government just made, in. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this, but as they have done throughout 2020, just made some really, really fundamental failures. Stack that with a bunch of legal matters that I'm going to talk to you guys about in lesson number four. And I just had this stacking upon stacking upon level upon level upon level of incredible stressful situations. And I mean, I was completely paralyzed by anxiety. I spent, I think the first time was like three full days where I I couldn't fuck, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't train. I couldn't focus on work. I was just spiraling into some of the most powerful negative thought processes I have ever experienced in my life. And I couldn't, I I had no, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't do anything. I was literally like free falling. Like I jumped out of a fucking airplane and I was free falling with no parachute. And I just, I did not know how to get out of it. It was absolutely crippling. And it happened for the first time in April. And then it happened again a couple of months later in June. And then it happened again a couple of months later. And, you know, I've, I've just had more of these 
one, two, three day periods of crippling uh, anxiety this year than I have ever had before in my life. And I'm sure there's so many of you who have experienced your own mental health struggles this year to a degree that you've probably never experienced before in your life. And the lesson that I took out of each of these situations, especially the first one, the first one was really where I just needed to figure it the fuck out in April. I was like, I, I can't, you know, this can't go on a week. I got to figure out what to do here. I had to figure out effectively how to calm my own thoughts or at least how to get some, some distance, how to get some objectivity from my own thoughts instead of becoming my thoughts and instead of getting wrapped up in my thoughts, just to get some space and observe my thoughts from a distance. And so I fell back and grounded myself back in my mindfulness techniques, my daily meditation, my morning routine, my morning practices, my recording my first thought every morning. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it neutral? Going into my gratitude journaling first thing in the morning, going to my affirmation journaling straight after that, going into my pride journaling, not consuming social media, not consuming conventional media and just getting myself some distance so that I could create some distance in my own mind from my own negative thoughts. And I covered all of this for you guys. It's, it's no coincidence that I dropped a podcast on this on the 28th of March called Rethinking Rona. And I know that that podcast helped so many of you guys throughout this year. To be honest with you, it probably helped me even more than it did you guys because I went back and listened to that podcast on multiple occasions and it helped me myself get out of my own mind when I found myself spiraling into these negative thought processes spiraling into anxiety. So what's the application here to fitness, career, business, relationships for you guys, a practical advice? I think it always serves a very good purpose to remind yourself that there's no guarantees about the future, right? Anxiety is all anxiety lives in the future. There's no anxiety in the present. It's always in the future. But there's no guarantees about the future, guys. No, nothing good is guaranteed. Nothing bad is guaranteed. There's no guarantees. The future has not happened yet. The only thing we have is the present. And one of the things that I like to remind myself of in all areas of my life is that everything is short term. The good times are short term. They never last forever. The bad times are short term. They never last forever. Everything has an end date. So it becomes important to celebrate your wins when you achieve wins. And also, as counterintuitive as it may seem, to embrace your struggles, to lean into your vulnerabilities, to actually experience the negative emotions, whether, whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear, uh, any negative emotion associated with your struggles as well. And to be incredibly grateful for each and every day along the way. And I think that using these sorts of techniques, using meditation, using morning uh, gratitude journaling, affirmation journaling, not consuming bullshit social media and bullshit conventional media, but instead consuming personal development books, personal development podcasts like this one, for example, is just such a great way to pull yourself into the present. Because anxiety does not live in the present. 
Fear does not live in the present. The only thing that lives in the present is you right here, right now. And the only experience, the only emotion that you can experience in the present is gratitude for being in the present. Number four, fight for what you believe in. This was uh, an incredibly important lesson for me this year. And the way I've kind of uh, ordered these lessons, guys, is probably for me personally in terms of importance and in terms of the magnitude of the lesson that I personally learned. So this year, we, as a business, once again, I'm going to take you back into the, well, yeah, no, mainly it's going to be in the business realm. Uh, we face multiple disputes, multiple dispute resolutions, multiple conflicts. They got to a point where a number of them became quite serious. Uh, those of you who follow me on Instagram at Joseph Mansell, uh, you would know because I posted about it every time <laughs> that, uh, that I was in court eight times this year, uh, which is exceptional. I mean, if I have to go to court a couple of times in a year, I'm like, mm, eight times this year. Uh, I was in court and, you know, a bunch of disputes. One of them was about our retail stores. Uh, we almost ended up in court against the Australian government uh, over some failed, uh, failed food inspections where they just, they just really fucked up. Uh, <laughs> they just fucked up. Fortunately, they didn't end up in, uh, in proceedings. And then we had uh, an intellectual property dispute with one of the biggest apparel brands in the country as well. I mean, there were multiple, I've just highlighted a few there, but there were multiple disputes this year. And in each of these disputes, I had to decide what to do. And the first decision that I needed to make was decide which battles were worth pursuing. What was actually important to me? What, what was I willing to fight for? And just to jump back to the story, the intellectual property dispute, I decided really wasn't that important to me, not really worth fighting for. So I kind of pushed that one to the side and said, okay, whatever, that's, you know, uh, that one will fight another day, <laughs> so to speak. But that was the first, the first decision. And really the first lesson that I took out of all of these disputes, all of these conflicts was pick your battles first and foremost. And then once you picked your battles and you figured out what's important to you and what you believe in, be willing to fight for that motherfucker. And that was the second decision I made was to back myself and back what I believed in, back what I thought was right and go to battle no matter what it took. If it took us going to court eight times, I don't give a fuck. We're going to court eight times. I'm a fight for that shit. So we fought the dispute regarding one of our retail stores. We fought the government with their completely botched food inspection and everything that came from it. And I think the application of this lesson for, for firstly picking your battles and then secondly, fighting, really fighting, digging your fucking heels in and going to war for what you believe in. When it comes to your fitness, your career, your business, your relationships, your life in general, is that obstacles are going to arise, guys, on your fitness journey, in your career, in your business, in your relationships, there's going to be obstacles that pop up. And the first thing to recognize is that obstacles are really nothing more than tests that are designed to measure how badly you really want what you think you want, how badly, how seriously you seek the rewards that 
your ambition say you seek. That's what obstacles are. It's the universe throwing you a test. How badly do you want this motherfucker? Are you willing to fight for this motherfucker? Well, then let's go. The second application is that you have to stand for something, guys. Some things have to be that important to you that you are willing to fight for them, that you are willing to go to war for them, that you are willing to do whatever it fucking takes for them. Because if you don't, you'll end up compromising your values if you, if you, I mean, you don't even have any values at that point, if you're not willing to stand for something, you'll end up compromising your integrity and the universe is just going to push you to fuck around. Obstacles are going to come up and instead of deciding how to go around them, over them, underneath them or through them, you're just going to back up and go in a different direction. You got to define what you're willing to fight for and fucking fight for it in fitness, in your career, in business, in your relationships. And then really ultimately, it comes back to process over product. It comes back to the first lesson of this episode. Sometimes when you go to war, you're going to get the outcome that you want. Sometimes you're not. And it doesn't matter because the true value of fighting for what you believe in is the fortification of your own core values, the fortification of your own integrity and everything that you learn along the way by going through the war, whether or not you win or lose the war. And a final lesson, the biggest one for me in 2020, pressure is a privilege. This whole year, I have personally been under more pressure than I thought I was capable of dealing with, to be completely honest with you guys. There were so many times during this year where I was like, I don't actually, I don't know if I'm qualified to deal with this shit. Uh, in, in fitness, in business, in certain parts of my personal life, I just... <laughs> It's been one of those years where it's like, man, there's like, there's more. <laughs> you mean, you mean we've been through this shit and now there's more. It's been one hell of a year, as I'm sure it has for many of you guys listening and watching this as well. And I think the lessons for me of, you know, just having to deal with layers upon layers upon layers of pressure after one thing after another after another I've always kind of had the view that pressure creates diamonds that old saying pressure creates diamonds uh, nothing grows in your comfort zone those all those kind of cliche sayings which are very very true and I've always kind of viewed pressure as the catalyst for for growth I know that when I'm coming up to situations that make me uncomfortable when I feel like I'm under pressure in fitness, business, my personal life, relationships, whatever it may be, I know that that is kind of a sign that I'm, I'm on the right path, you know. But up until this year, it's always kind of been a process of experience the pressure, get through the pressure, get some sort of reward, or at least some sort of measurable metric that you can define progress around. And that's kind of my, that's how I've kind of viewed pressure up until this year. The difference with this year is that 
there really was no measurable reward after confronting and going through the pressure. And it was lit- it's literally like waves coming off the ocean. It's just fucking one thing after another thing. And then the waves get bigger and there's another thing. And then the waves get bigger and there's another thing. And it's just been this constant onslaught of pressure throughout this year. And my previous way of viewing pressure and of dealing with pressure and of thinking about pressure really kind of collapsed amongst this onslaught. So I had to change the way I thought about it. So instead of thinking about pressure was something that I had to go through to achieve some sort of measurable reward on the other side, I decided to start thinking of pressure as something I got to go through. Not something I had to go through, something I got to go through. I started experiencing the emotion of gratitude for the pressure that I was experiencing, for the pressure that I was going through. I started considering that pressure is a privilege and not everybody gets to experience pressure and the emotions associated with pressure. I got to the point where I decided that the greater the pressure, the more gratitude I was going to have for it because the greater the pressure, the greater the privilege. And the application to fitness in this particular uh, scenario of viewing pressure as a privilege is really experiencing gratitude for, in the first instance, living the fitness lifestyle. Yeah, they shut gyms. And yeah, that was shit because you couldn't work out. And yeah, it created a lot of pressure. What are you going to do? You're going to go, how are you going to train now? But it's actually a privilege to have that pressure because you're living the fitness lifestyle. And a lot of people are not. It's a privilege for that pressure because fitness is so important to you that you're experiencing negative emotions associated with the pressure of not being able to train. What about your career? Perhaps you are under pressure to keep your job. Perhaps you are under pressure to do your job better than you'd ever done before. Perhaps you're under pressure because you had a pay cut because your business wasn't performing. How about experiencing privilege for having a job? Expressing gratitude for having a job, being grateful that you're being asked to do your job at a level you've never done before, because that's going to help you level up. That's going to help you develop skills that you didn't otherwise have or have the opportunity to develop. In business, it's a privilege to have a business, man. It's a privilege to be in a position for me personally, where our cash flow completely collapsed, where our supply chain completely dried up. It was a privilege to be in a position to experience that. It was a privilege to figure out how the fuck to get through all that shit because it helped me develop the skills to get to the next level. What about relationships? A lot of relationships this year have been under the most pressure that they've been under personal relationships, friendships, uh, family relationships. How about considering the privilege of having people in your life who you care enough about that you would experience negative emotions associated with pressure? How about being grateful that you have people close to you in your life, that you have people who you care about in your life? It's been one of the biggest lessons for me this year, guys, is just the, the change in mindset around how I consider pressure situations, how I consider uncomfortable situations and my mindset around 
not only how I approach those situations, but how I carry myself and how I think about myself as I am confronting and conquering those high pressure situations as well. And it really comes back to one of my personal favorite sayings, um, something that I've mentioned to you guys so many times in so many different forms and so many different episodes of this podcast is my personal affirmation, only good things happen for me. You only have so much control over what happens in your life. And you have a couple of choices. You can choose to view the things that happen as good or bad or neutral. And you can choose to perceive the things that happen as happening to you or happening for you. I implore you guys to choose to perceive the things that happen as good and to perceive the things that happen as happening for you, not happening to you. And that's a wrap, guys. My top five lessons from 2020. It has been uh, an absolutely extraordinary year. You know, that's the adjective that I'm using to describe 2020. Uh, it, it, it has been one hell of a year. Just want to thank you guys once again. As always, if you have found value in this episode, if you resonated with these messages, if you've enjoyed listening to the experiences that I personally have experienced throughout 2020, I encourage you guys to share the show, share it person to person. Uh, you know I love seeing the tags and Instagram story, man. So take a screenshot right now of whatever podcasting platform you're listening to, throw it up in your Instagram story, tag me at Joseph Menzel in the story post, and I'll try and reshare as many of those as I I possibly can guys thank you so much for your support in 2020 hope you guys have an awesome new year and we will catch you on the flip side in 2021 thank you for tuning into this episode of the fitness times business podcast be sure to subscribe and if you enjoyed listening to this episode make sure you give us a five star rating until next time we'll catch you on the flip side <laughs>